Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game. My guest today on the AKA podcast is Augustino Pintas. He is a multifamily syndicator. He's an absolute stud out of the Ohio area. He is the host of the Bulletproof Cash Flow podcast and the Bulletproof Multifamily Mindset Show. Um, he's calling me today. Uh, quarantine, I'm sure, like everybody else, but still kicking butt, working on some big projects. We were just catching up on some stuff. Um, again, I love talking to people who um, think big and just do different things. And uh, I always feel bad asking people. And I really appreciate that you were willing to give me an hour of your time today, especially when you got all these different things going on. Um, no, man. Thanks for having me on. Hundred man. Even just the the five minutes we were just talking before this, it already triggered like ten different things that I feel like we could talk about for hours and stuff. But um, but I love it, man. But I'll let you do a quick intro on yourself. So uh, take it away. Tell people a little bit about yourself. I know you you got a, a few different things you're doing. You got coaching. You got podcasts. You got uh, money raising. You're doing multi units. So um, you're wearing many hats, man. Take it away. Tell people uh, a little bit about what you do. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I'll start off with the beginning, though, right? Uh, I wasn't always doing this multifamily thing. It was back when I was like 10 years old. I was, for me back then, I was obsessed about computers. I discovered computers in, in grade school and I decided, you know what? I'm going to commit myself to computers. And I started writing code. I'm, I'm like you know, nine, 10 years old, writing code, uh, hold myself up in the library back a long time ago, guys. And, uh, <laughs> and I'd be writing code and I'd learned how to do computer stuff. And I was determined that I was going to be a, a, an entrepreneur running a computer company. That's all I wanted to do. Uh, I remember when I was doing my, my, my first master's degree, I, 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 was, I was all about, I want to do technology. I want to, I want to run it. I want to be a CEO. I mean, even as late as that. Right. And, uh, but you know what though, like, I'm sure like many of your listeners, sometimes friends, family, they kind of like, I'm not going to say crush, but they squelch those ideas of entrepreneurship in favor of the seemingly secure 40 hour a week job. Right. And it's, it's this fall and it's, it's a false sense of security as well. Right. But regardless, I fell into that, that trap. So I gave up my entrepreneurial dreams to go do the corporate America thing. And I did that. And I was actually quite successful. You know, I did, uh, ended up at, at, in my early thirties, I was running large enterprise IT for a publicly traded company an Inc 500 company on, on wall street and doing fairly well for a young guy, you know, until one day uh, I wasn't, you know, it's uh, and that's the thing though, when you're, especially at the C level where I was a C level guy, I was, um, I was doing well. I had the cars. I was buying, I started buying multi or small multifamilies, single family homes. It's like 15, 16 years ago. And I'm like, you know, then one day they hand me the box, pack up your stuff, get out, you're done. I'm like, wow. Okay. And that kicked off my 10 dark years. In those 10 dark years, I was, I was basically lost. You know, I let someone else tell me if, that I was good or bad. Right. And when you let these exterior, these, these outside forces control what's going on in your head, 
And then one day you're at the top of the world, the next day they hand you the box to tell you to get lost. It's, uh, it, really, it really does a number on you. And that's what it did with me. You know, I let that happen to me, right? I let, I let someone else tell me that I sucked. And that kicked off a whole series of just bad, bad stuff. And it wasn't until I made a decision to really fix my life and it took almost 10 years to do it. And I, I discovered multifamily real estate as the way to make that happen. And I, I, so I quit tech, cold turkey. I, I was done. I, I left and have not been back since. And now all I do is multifamily deals. That's it. Now, so far, we're into $42 million of deals just over the past 30, 32 months at this point. And uh, GP'd on anyway. And uh, now I'm working on the biggest deal of my life right now. It's going to be a $110 million deal when it's completed in, in two years. It's a redevelopment uh, property, uh, in historical property in downtown Cleveland. Dude, it's going to be badass, man. It's going to be awesome. But to get to that point took a lot of work, a lot of mindset fix. I mean, my mindset was messed up. It got mixed up with some bad people. That really did a number on me as well. But all that to get to where I'm at now, I'll tell you, not every day is sunshine and rainbows. I would never trade any of any of those bad days for a good day in corporate America ever again. Never, <laughs> never. I think that's awesome, man. And you know, we, um, we were talking a little bit prior to recording on mindset. And it's funny because all of the successful guys I know, and it's across the board, whether it's multifamily, stocks, design, fashion, fighting, anything, the main thing for everybody that's successful is always keeping a positive mindset and really working on that and like writing goals and all the cliche stuff that sounds like it's the foo-foo is really the most important ingredient. But I find that the people that are looking to start in business or start in real estate or looking to jump into multi-units, when they really want to talk to somebody like you and say, like, give me the secret, like, what is it for me to be successful and create this multi-million dollar empire? And you start to go, look, the first thing you got to do is get your mindset right. And they go, I don't want to hear that shit. Give me the nuts and bolts. And it's like, I feel like the people who need it most discount it the most. It's, it's, it, it's unbelievable. So, you know, I had the real estate coaching for about a decade as well, too. And everybody doesn't want to hear anything about the mindset. But then for beginners, every call is, it's like a guidance counselor call. It's nothing to do with real estate. It's all about their mindset and their problems and their tough days. And I'm like, I thought you were the one who thought that mindset wasn't important. Now, every time you have a tough day or somebody hangs up the phone, you're giving up and quitting and tapping out. And that's, that's really what, what I love about talking to people in business and, and, and fighters and stuff, because the guys that I know that are my friends from jujitsu, they're used to being in really uncomfortable positions all day and not just going, this is uncomfortable, I'm tapping out. They're going, nope, I'm going to find a way out of here. And then that's not going to happen to me again. Just like you were doing before and you were like, I'm closing that deal. I'm doing this. Like the, the conviction. And when you say that stuff, there is zero doubt in my mind that that's going to happen because you're getting your mindset right. You're putting that stuff out there. So um, I would love for you to talk more about that and getting your mind right. Because like you said, I, I love that to me, the value in talking to other entrepreneurs isn't necessarily hearing all of the big stuff. It's like, tell me about the stuff, like the bad stuff, because I think people don't think that we have those. And we, we have those, like, the, you know, you look, at, you look at any real estate guy. You could have, if you're buying apartment buildings, you can have 350 bad days. 
and have 10 days that you get a, a 50 or 100 or 200 unit development approved and have an outstanding year, but you got told no 350 times. Oh, yeah. You got told yes 15 times, you can still be a millionaire. So how do you take those lumps? Like that's just part of the business. And I, people don't, they don't want to get their mindset right to really push past that. And, and it sounds like you have a, a lot of focus on that. So I would love for you to talk more. You know, I would, I would venture to say that part of the mindset fix, at least on the journey anyway, right? I, I wish I could say it was one book. It was one thing that happened and that was it. And that's it. it, it I think what everyone needs to realize is that for me, it was a journey. And I think if for you, it'd be a journey as well. Fortunately, I would say when I was making my way out of those 10 dark years, I discovered boxing, actually boxing and MMA, right? So I'd spent, no, I was in my forties sparring with you know, people are their twenties. And I mean, these are not just kids at title fitness. These were people that were fighting for like, it's their job. You know what I mean? It's, it's their job to go and, and do smokers and fight and do all that stuff. So I think that that, as far as mental toughness really started coming into play there, right? Number one. And I mean, I'm not saying you have to be an MMA fighter to be doing this business. I'm not saying that or jujitsu or anything else, but this sort of helped really establish a tougher mindset. But, but I will say this, that any type of these elite athletes, these fighters, hell, even business people too, it all starts with the visual, visualization, right? You put it in your head first. And here, here's the thing that everybody should be doing. I do this as well, right? I don't exclude myself from this. Create a vision board. That's step number one, right? And it's it just like you said, it sounds foo-foo, sounds stupid. I promise you guys, that stuff works. Listen, I, you know, I can't, I, it's very hard to imagine a 250 pound, uh, you know, fighter sitting in his living room, cutting out little pieces of paper, right? <laughs> but, I, but listen, I'm telling you, when you take those, you, you take your vision and you glue it to, to a big board and you, and you post it on the wall and you walk by it and you stop, and you look at it and you study it every single day and you tell yourself, this is what my life will be. Things start opening up. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, let's say for instance, have you ever wanted a car, like, like a, like a car so bad, I don't know, like a Tesla or something, right? Sure. Next thing you know, you put that in your mind, then you open up your eyes and now you see those cars everywhere. You never noticed them before, but now you see them. Like I, I pre-ordered a Cybertruck, right? Now, every time I, I'm, I'm just about, I can't miss a Tesla driving down the street, <laughs> right? Th that kind of stuff, that's your reticular activating system that that's doing the work, right? You, you're programming yourself to tell yourself, this is what I'm going to do. And then and your, your reticular activating system, your subconscious basically is looking for that. That kind of stuff works, guys. I, I, this, that, that is, I mean, and again, it sounds like foo-foo nonsense, that stuff works, right? Sit down, create your, your, your vision board, okay? Do that first. And then you, you take it a step further and you write out your goals every single day, you know? Not as, not as future tense as it is today. I have 12,000 apartments. I am making $200,000 gross income. I have 10,000 people that work for me globally. I have a private plane. I have a house in Colombia and one in Florida. I mean, that's mine. It's like I rattle it off just like that, right? Because I write it out every day, right? And like I said, my vision board is plastered with buildings, plastered with communities, right? We're building that. We're building that right now.
you know, and like I said, your reticular activating system ha is a very, very powerful thing that all humans have, but very few humans use. We unfortunately get into the rut of doing our same crappy habits. And if that happens, change it up, move, go somewhere else, change, break the whole cycle, go do something else. And you'll find that things start changing, man. It's, it's, it's very, very powerful, very powerful. It's all there. We all have it. We just got to use it. I love that. I completely agree. The, the amount of resources out there, even now, you know, on this lockdown, the, I'm, I'm almost overwhelmed with all the free content people are putting out that I'm like, I don't have enough time in the day to watch all these awesome people give all these things on there. So I'm trying to like carefully pick and choose, but it, it's, it's funny because like you said, the, the knowledge is out there, the information is out there, everybody has it in there, but people are just not doing anything with it. And I, and I don't know why. And I even find myself guilty of it. So like you were saying, the writing down your goals, like my buddy Ali Quinta, a UFC fighter, I, I had him on and he was like, every single day I write down my goals. That's what my dad did for his whole life. He's got stacks and notes and stuff. He goes, and to be honest, now that we're talking about this, he goes, the only goal I didn't hit this year is the one that I didn't write down. He's like, so you can make fun of it all you want. And he's like, but he's like, no, now I want to get into real estate and all the people that I'm, I'm trying to get into real estate with, they're going, oh, what are you going to be, Donald Trump? You're going to be the, like, what are you going to do? You're going to own all these houses, Mr. Mr. Hotshot? And he was like, but these are the same people that when I said I wanted to be a fighter, they were like, oh, you're going to be in the UFC? He's like, and I became like a you know, number five lightweight in the entire world for a title. He goes, so that hard work and that ethic and that drive and all the same principles of what I put into that, what makes you think I'm not going to, well, real estate's competitive. Well, so is fighting. Like, it's just, it's in me. And the same way I was successful with this, I'm going to be successful with whatever I do. And I love that stuff. So... You know, I've been writing down my goals since then, and even having uh, Tim Bratz is big on the, the weekly rhythm register. And yep. I print them out every single week, and I don't fill them out. And since we've been home, I've been filling them out, and the amount of stuff I've gotten done for literally just taking the pen and checking things off, my production level has gone huge in these last two weeks where I was worried I was going to be sucked in on the couch watching Netflix like an idiot. I mean, I... I always worry I'm not going to be productive, but so I try to set myself up. But stupid things like that, that somebody's going to be like, oh, that's not the key to being productive, taking a pen and printing out a piece of paper. It's like, yeah, it is. Like things like that make all the difference in the world, but people will overcomplicate it and they just won't do it. Yeah, it was a part of it is getting up early and, and really spending the time up front. Get your coffee early in the morning before everybody else gets up, before they, they get started, before your phone starts ringing. Sit down and write nice and calm. You just sip your coffee and write out your goals, right? You know, uh, there's, there was one book that changed my life anyway, because I, I was just in a different state, uh, but on the shortness of life by Seneca, right? This book was written 3000 years ago, right? And he is a stoic philosopher, right? So if anybody out there is studying stoicism, it's this stuff, it's, it's phenomenal work, but he talks about how every single minute is a gift. Every single second is a gift that we'll never get back, right? We can always get back more money. We can always find new, new spouses, <laughs> as terrible as that sounds, <laughs> right? We can always find all that stuff. But one thing you can never get back is time, right? And, you know, it's every, every day when I wake up, I, I thank, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful for another day to make a difference. But I also, I'm also aware that another day has passed and I, I have to get to that goal right? Especially for, for fighters, for athletes. Listen, you know, you're not going to be what every day is another day that requires more conditioning to overcome the resistance from the previous day. 
right? You know, you're not going to be 55 years old punching people in the face. Sorry, you're just not going to be that guy. You know, uh, there's going to be a young 25 year old that's going to be faster than you are. I, I know because I was there, right? The, the whole point is, is that you have to plan appropriately, be stoic in your thinking and really run towards that target. And it's hard. It's hard to do. It's tough. It, it really is. But, you know, Arnold did it. You know, when Arnold first came over to the States, he started buying real estate. He was buying real estate before it became famous. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's in his book. Uh, definitely check that out. But a lot of a lot of these athletes, the smart athletes, hell, even LeBron James. Uh, I'm here in Akron, Ohio. He he bought a school up the street here for 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 the kids. I'm sure he's doing. I mean, he's doing it to help people. LeBron's like that. But you know what? He's going to get a huge tax write off too. They're yeah. talking millions of dollars that building, right? You know, it's uh, we're actually and we're, we have a show coming out here soon, too. Where we're going to be interviewing athletes that got into real estate as well. That's going to be very helpful for, for many, many athletes out there. But the whole point is, is that there are ways for athletes, even that don't know real estate all that well, but have some cash to put to work. There's ways for them to take advantage of certain deals as well. Get into the real estate game and start learning about it that way as well as a limited partner, for instance. Right. So there are ways to do it. The key, though, it goes back all the way to the beginning. Write down your goals. Write down your, your – create your vision board. Study it every day and applying yourself and then working towards those goals, too. It's more than just, you know, writing it down and just ignoring it. <laughs> you really have to – it requires work. It requires work overcoming a lot of the, the pre-programming that's in our heads, right, and also some of the things you described earlier, you know, the, the outside resistances are always attacking us. So we're going to be Donald Trump, ha, 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 you know, that kind of thing. A lot of jealous people out there, man. A lot of jealous people out there. They, they, uh, they're everywhere. And you, you got to just ignore them and, and move forward, you know. And they're, they're going to celebrate your failures. They always will. They always will. You, you have to ignore them. Take the haters, take that, use it as fuel, throw it back into the fire and freaking push on. That's what you got to do, especially these days. It's tough out there right now. Just kind of crush through it, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that's something that I am, I'm personally struggling with. And I know I shouldn't, and I know it's stupid. And I always ask people that, like, so for instance, um, you know, I, I really want to get a message out, especially I've always said the, the coolest thing about me is just people that I know you know people are doing cool things I have a lot of really like friends that just do awesome things and I like to talk to people I like to communicate with people but I don't like putting myself out there I don't like being the face doing the podcast it was super uncomfortable for me to make that post but you do it anyway and you know and the more I talk to people that I think are like well you must love doing that they're always like no I don't it was super uncomfortable like getting out there and doing it but it gets easier like a muscle but now I'm, I'm starting to get myself out there enough that now I'm getting people that I don't know that I'll never see that are probably not even using their real names, sending me these like really shitty messages or like insulting me and like, it bothers me and I know it shouldn't. So I'll ask a guy like Chris Wyman, like, hey man, you'll put a picture up of you and your daughter and be like, hey, I just, you know, took my daughter to her dance. And there'll be 300 people that are like, she's beautiful, good luck on your next fight. But then there's always some idiot, you're a bum, I hope you die. And I'm like, and he's like, you can't help it sometimes, but to, 
give the energy to the negative instead of giving your energy to the positive. But how do you deal with that? Because I'm sure there's lots of people that maybe didn't believe in you initially that are the same people that are now going, how do I get into a deal with you? How can I take you to lunch? How can I do those things? So how do you find a way to kind of keep yourself in the game and, and put just, cause as a syndicator, you have to put yourself out there. You have to get your name out there, but how do you deal with some of the negativity or some of the hate? Well, you know, I think part of it is, is that I, I, I only focus on what I can control. That's a big part, part of it, right? You only focus on what you can control. And, and here's what I mean by that. Uh, currently at the time of this recording, we're dealing with all this uh, coronavirus stuff, right? The media is pumping out all of this, this stuff. A lot of it's garbage. A lot of it is for attention. You know, money follows attention and they know this. So if they can keep your eyes glued to the TV, then they're going to make more money selling you advertising. Okay. And I'm not being a conspiracy theory guy here. I'm just, you know, that's, they they pump up ads, people click on ads. That's how they get paid. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. And you know, that is a time robber. Again, every minute, if you go in with the premise that every minute, every second is a gift, every second you waste watching this stuff on something you cannot control or something that may or may not even be true, that's time you're never going to get back. Right. So I focus on what I can do and I focus on achieving my goals and really focusing on maximizing my potential. So I ignore a lot of stuff. So the same thing goes with same thing goes with the haters. Now, I'm, I'm very lucky that I, I don't at this time anyway, I don't have too many haters or if I do, they're certainly not saying anything to my face. They're scared. I don't know. Right. Uh, but I will say this: there was one video that we that I put out there a long time ago on uh, Gen Z versus Gen Y, uh, why Gen Z is why Gen Z is different or why it's better or something like that, right? Some you know some clickbaity style of uh, <laughs> of cover, right, on YouTube. And man, I got all kinds of hate on this thing, right? I'm like, did they even watch the video? I mean, they never watched the video. They just didn't watch. They saw the title, and there there's people out there that write entire paragraphs of you're you suck, you're terrible, you're. It's like, dude, it has nothing to do <laughs> with that at all, right? It's like all I'm saying is. You're marketing to Gen Z versus Gen X, very or Gen X and millennials very differently. You know what's important to a, to a Gen Y person, a millennial, is very different than what's important to a Gen Z. That's all I was saying, right? In terms of in, in the context of a multifamily asset, you know, millennials want free internet. Gen uh, the uh, the the Gen Zs don't. You know, they they want to go and socialize with their friends and go maybe to a Starbucks or something like that. That's it. Stuff like that. And I'm getting, I'm catching all this flack. I don't, I don't care, right? Uh, it's, I, I've learned to block all that out. I'm sure, like many of your your other guests, many of your other uh, other friends, they they've been they've gotten very very good at blocking it out. Because I'll tell you, a lot of these people, and this is this is what it comes down to: a lot of these people throwing off hate, they have never ever done anything with their lives ever. Right. Especially if you guys follow Grant Cardone, he right at like the second day on lockdown, he, he, I guess he let go 42 employees. Right. And, uh, and from what it was reported, many of these 42 employees received a nasty, uh, nasty uh, letter saying, if you sue me, uh, I'm going to tie you up in court, blah, 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 blah. Right. 
And then he was catching all kinds of hate over it because of the lifestyle that he puts out there, right? Is counter to what just happened, right? You know, and I'm not going to say it's right or wrong. I'm not, a, I, 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 don't, I don't know the man personally. I don't know his circumstances financially. I don't know. It's not my business. But I will say this. He did speak about it the, the, the next day, right? And he said, look, I had to lay people off. No one wants to do it. I'd rehire all those people back. I totally would. I paid them out to the end of the, the, the month. And maybe he wrote a, wrote a letter. Yeah, if you've run a company before, you would know that you have to do that kind of stuff. You have to. I had to lay off 200 people one time. I had a big company. It was a call center business. The, the call center was failing. The, you know, could, I, could, I be a, could I be a dick and say, well, you guys were doing your job, so now you guys are fired. I could say that, but it's not their fault. It's my fault as a business owner. I took the risk of hiring all these people. They, we couldn't make it happen. I had to let off, let go 200 people and all them and their families hated on me. Plus all their friends, I'm the bad guy. Oh, well, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm the one that took a chance. I'm the one that, that sunk in tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars into this business and it didn't work out. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to do, right? <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but the whole point is, is that until you spend the time walking in someone else's shoes, they have no idea. Many of those people that, that hate on you have never even put in half of the training that's required to really step into the ring and take a shot or even get hit in the face hundreds of times during a single fight. They, they, would, they would fall to their knees after getting punched one time, you know. That's a thing. I, I mean, it takes a fighter to do this business. It takes a fighter to do any business for that matter. And uh, for many of those people throwing off hate, they've never done anything like that before. That's, that's a long short. And I recognize that, and, I, I, and I, I ignore it, man. That's how I do it. Sure. It's, it's that old quote, the man in the arena. That's why I love that. It's, you know, it's not the critic. It's the guy who's in there giving it his all, you know. And, and you know, I, I'm a big believer in that. You know, people go in and they do stuff. I, I'm always proud of anybody who's taking steps and making moves. Like, don't get upset with somebody because they're not in great shape, but they're at the gym. They're doing it. They're out there. They're, you know, they're making things happen. So that's why I love when somebody contacts me about real estate and I go, all right, well, let's set up a call. And then they actually follow through and do it. It's like, okay, if you're willing to take the steps and do stuff. I'm willing to encourage that and help that and do all that too. So, you know, I love all that. I appreciate that feedback. So um, for you, this is an interesting time that I definitely want to get your opinion on because a lot of the people that I talk to, they haven't been investing for as long as you have. So I started investing around 2005, 2006. So I, I joke that I caused the crash because the second I decided to get in it all, went, you know, so, but I did experience and have to, to pivot and move and shake and get around just like people are having to do now. So I am seeing a lot of panic, but I'm seeing a lot of panic from people that got in when the getting was good and they really don't know what it looks like to have to change your business strategy or when the market starts to go bad and they're not reacting to it well, but you being somebody that invested before made it through and is still excelling. What are your thoughts on the way the market's changing and, and the reflection? And, and I know there's some differences, but there's also some similarities to what's going on now than what happened in 2005. Yeah, I think the, this, the difference is between today versus uh, the, the 2008 crash is that it was today, the economy was humming along. All of a sudden, it's like we just put the brakes on. Everybody just stop what you're doing, go home, and we're shutting everything down. Unprecedented. That has never, ever, ever happened. At least when 
the 2008 crash is happening, I had, you know, I, there, there, there were some, some clues, right? It's like lenders that were once giving me all the financing I want as a successful CIO at the time, they suddenly weren't doing it. And I'm like, huh, why is that? That's very strange. You know, and then you start digging deep and, and to, to see what the underlying problem is, you know, there were clues and, and those clues were, were evident like a year prior. I mean, it wasn't like it was, it was all of a sudden, like there were clues, right? And there's, there's actually movies too that people can watch it. It's all right there. This happened just like that. Unprecedented shut down the entire economy, the global economy, not just the United States, right? And everyone is waiting for the United States to come back online too, by the way. You know, the whole globe is really waiting on us as the engine of the, of the, of the, the world, basically, to really get back into motion, right? To start working with China again, start buying goods, start trading, that kind of thing. Currently, the way I see it, if you bought right, if you bought the right assets over the last, you know, 10 years, then you should be fine, right? Now, and that's the thing. I, I only, my team and I, we only buy B and C assets. We, we don't overpay for stuff. We're very, very diligent about our, our due diligence. We don't, we, we just, because I knew years ago there will be another slowdown. I didn't know when, but it's going to happen. And we want to be positioned that if there is, can we protect ourselves? Obviously, who would have saw this coming, right? <laughs> but regardless, we're, we're, we're going to make it through. We're going to be fine. Right now, though, there, there's blood in the water, meaning there, it, there are deals out there to be had. And people are hurting. They're hurting in a big way. You know, they, they overpaid for deals. They didn't see this coming. But they thought, you know, if I overpay for this deal today, I can get it working. And then I can, I can make it up on the back end. They're not doing it. It's not going to happen. Um, I don't know how long this is going to go for, but this is not going to be something quick and dirty and nor is this going to be something that, you know, think of it like a, like a chart. It was gradually went down. It's going to gradually come back up. How long is that gradual? Again, don't know, right? When you're dealing with that many unknowns for someone that has a large payment on a big deal, it's a problem, man. I mean, I looked at a, at a, at a very large deal just the other day, you know, the people that bought this out of, out of New York, they're, they're going to have problems with it. You know, so I'm going to try to take it off their hands. I'm going to take on the risk and, and fix it up, right? It's, um, they're, they're, you have to be positioned, though, to really take down an asset, right? Make sure you line up all your financing because, again, not everyone's lending. So you have, you're relying on those relationships that you've built while times were good. And hopefully they have, they st they're still lending, right? There are people that are lending. It might be a little more expensive than what you're used to, but there are people that are doing it and it's now time to take advantage of it. You know, and if anything else, if anything, this, this has taught anyone listening to this right now is that there were problems investing money in your stocks, right? We lost all the gains. Well, whoever did, I didn't because I don't invest in the stock market. I invest in real estate. There's people that made money over the last three years during Trump's term have now lost everything, right? Every, it's all gone. All the gains are gone right? I didn't lose anything. I, all the assets that I bought, I still own. They're still cash flowing. Everything's fine. We're, we're, we're going to make our way through and continue working with our tenants to get that money coming in, right? That's a great thing about this asset class. You know, you don't have to worry about stuff like that as opposed to a stock where 
geez, you got to worry about something like a global pandemic coming through, you know, I'm not going to say it's all again, sunshine and rainbows here. There's work involved, right? But uh, there's, there's definitely opportunities. There are more opportunities now more than ever for, for many people that have not gotten into this thing. You may consider partnering up with somebody or even investing as a limited partner in deals. That's another way to, 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 get, to take advantage of the current market right now. So if you're not an experienced investor and you want to get in on, on certain deals, hell, invest as a limited partner. You know, we got deals cooking right now, man. I mean, throw down. It's, it, you know, we're, we're taking advantage of it. You should too. Absolutely. I love that. So let's talk about that because that's actually a, a perfect segue. I did a, a webinar a day or two ago and, and I, I was saying a lot of the same things that I think, although there's a lot of people that are scared, I've had multiple conversations with people that were like, I literally lost 25, 35% of my retirement in two days. And I'm like, well, all the guys that bought good cash flowing assets, even if they lost equity, they didn't lose their cash flow. So like, that's really what carried people that, like you said, bought the right way through that recession. It's like, okay, even if on paper, my, my ARV is not where it was and my, my value is not where it was, who cares? Because my tenants are still paying. I still have the cash flow. My lifestyle doesn't really change. So as much as there's people out there that I'm seeing, you know, these negative posts on Facebook, nobody wants to land. I'm like, I disagree. I think a lot of the people that I might've had conversations with six months ago, two years ago, three years ago, that were too scared to make a move are now sitting there going, shit, I really wish I would have invested in some of Nick's apartments or some of Augustino's apartments or, or some of these things, because even if I didn't get rich doing it, I wouldn't have lost that because, and I think people are going to start to see that if nothing else being quarantined and, and realizing that you relied so much on that, that was out of your control, it's going to trigger people to have that fear of missing out and really go, I need to do something now. God forbid, like, hopefully this doesn't last that long, but until what, until what else happens again, or the next thing happens and people right. do that. So talk a little bit about your model. So I know you're big on syndication, but let's say I am somebody that's going, man, I just took a beating on stocks. I'm pulling that money out. I don't really know a lot about real estate or I'm scared to get into apartments. So how do I get involved and, and find a safe place to park my money with somebody that I can shadow or trust or learn from like yourself? So um, you know, sure. talk a little bit about that. Sure, sure. Well, first off, hope is not, not a strategy, right? Nobody ever, you know, again, steps to a ring hoping to win. <laughs> nobody, nobody does that. It takes work, takes training, you know. So um, what we do is we, we, we put our deals together, all right? The deals that we're doing are typically always multifamily. That's all we do, right? And uh, the good thing about what we do is we – we put our, we, we actually take down deals that are either uh, class C, class B type deals or cash flow deals, right? So I only buy in Cleveland, in the Cleveland market. So Cleveland, Akron, uh, that's it. I have some deals in the tertiary markets that, that we're, we're eventually going to sell off at some point, but I, I focus on markets that I know very, very, very well, right? And so, as, as a syndicator, when I put these deals together, right, there's the GP, the general partners, and the, and the LP, the limited partners, right? So the GP would mainly consist of myself and maybe a partner. Uh, so the first, this is a deal right now that we're working on. I'm working out with, with a buddy of mine, uh, Kenny Wolf. He's got 4,000 units, right? So he and I are working on this, this big juicy deal. It's going to be freaking awesome, right? We have a race going on right now during a global pandemic at the time you're hearing this. <laughs> Great. So, but regardless, 
I mean, we, we just put it out uh, a few days ago and we already raised about a million on it. So no problem. We only need to raise 5 million for the first phase of this deal. So it, we're going to be fine. But the limited partners are the ones that are putting money into this deal, right? And so once we get to the 5 million mark, we're ready to close phase one, right? The thing is, is that on a deal like this, they're, they're going to get a, a nice juicy return, right? And then they're also going to get, because they have equity in the deal, at the end, when we go to sell this thing, they're going to get a payoff at the end too, right? So generally, that's how we structure our deals. And in, in a case like this, it's a 70-30 split, you know? So the investors, the limited partners get 70% of the deal. They get, them, they get the, the lion's share of the deal, right? So Kenny and I are doing a lot of the work, obviously putting this deal together. It's a big, big, big deal. It's 110 million when it's completed. You know, it's a big renovation project of a historical property, but it's going to be freaking awesome. It's, it's going to be beautiful when it's done. It's just going to be a monster deal. But hey, like I said, all the, LP, the LP puts in the money. They get all the tax benefits. They get, they, they're putting their money into a real asset that's right there. They, they roll up. They, they, any, any limited partner, I encourage them, come on out to Cleveland. I'll show you the property. We'll go for a tour. You know, I'll, tell, I'll show you the, the actual real asset. It's not, it's not a piece of worthless paper on, on Wall Street. We have control of the asset. That's like I said before about focusing on what you can control and what you can't control. To me, it's very dangerous to put down 100K on a stock they have no control over. You have no control over it. You have no, you have no idea what's going on. You know, at that, at maybe you, you find, you read articles and stuff like that. But on a property, I could show you the property. There's an address there. There's a parcel number. There, it's, I could show you the cash flow. You know, I could show you the rent roll. I could show you all that. I could show you the money coming into the bank. You know, and because we only buy appreciate, we only buy cash flow assets. We don't buy appreciation assets. That's how we're we're able to really secure and make sure that even during the downturn, cash is still coming in to make the payments, pay back investors, and everyone's happy. It's 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 a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. You know, love it. I think that's awesome, and I love what you're saying about buying the B and C class markets because, again, I think. I see people that look at deals in those markets and they go, well, look, I can get a better cap right here and say, yeah, but you're in a D area. So yeah. the amount of, of, of hands off you're going to have to do and the evictions and all the nonsense, like it's, it's not a real number. The amount of work and, and stress and headaches and things you're going to have to put in for that. And then the overpriced assets obviously are going to be the things that take the beating first and the market starts to move around. So I do love the philosophy behind that of really getting that affordable house of the middle-class housing and, some of the areas that you're in, you know, me being from New York initially, now I'm spent a lot of time outside Chicago, but man, some of those towns are sleeper towns. I had a blast. I've been to Cleveland a bunch of times now. We went to Hilarities, uh, we saw a comedy show, you know, we went to Town Hall, when, uh, you know, the whole street, everybody was out hanging out and drinking. I went to the All-Star Game, I hung out at the stadium. Like, that's a really cool town. And it's people don't know about it. No one knows about it. It's freaking awesome. No, I love it. I mean, we, I've been buying here for the last three years. And three years ago, I'm talking to other investors or like Cleveland, what's going on in Cleveland? You know, the data shows that's bad, but you know, it actually wasn't. But to, to step back for a second, the whole class, class D thing, I don't buy any class D stuff. I think that if you're a beginner investor, you don't buy class D. It doesn't matter, especially if you're out of state, especially if you're out of state, don't buy anything out of like in a class D area. There's plenty of them out there that are trying to sell stuff. They, they sell all on cap rates. It's usually garbage. And there's a reason why, you know, the higher the cap rate, 
the greater the risk. That's how you need to look at it. If, the, if you're looking at a class D asset with a 15% cap rate in today's market, it's garbage. And you're going to be dealing with, with the headaches of trying to turn a unit, get, putting in all new piping, having it stolen the next day. Dude, <laughs> stop that. Don't do that. It's not worth the hassle. Never buy cheap. Always buy. Pay the extra money. Get a quality asset that cash flows. It's totally worth it. 100%, by the way. <laughs> So now you're doing huge deals now, but I know you came from the IT background. Yeah. And then you started getting into real estate. So did you start out with any single family? And then how did you start to graduate? Talk about, because obviously you don't just turn around and start doing a $110 million development project. There's a sequence right. of that. So I love hearing a little bit about how you, you scaled up to that. Because it looks like, especially on the multi-units, you did it in a very short amount of time, which I think is extremely impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so part of it is that even as a CIO, I, I guess you could say I had a bit of a head start because I, I was not afraid of big numbers. You know, um, even as a young guy, as a young CIO, I'm managing a $40, 45000000 million budget, it's, you know, the numbers didn't really scare me a whole lot as they would for someone who's just starting off, right? However, I still started at zero, number one. Number two, I started doing single family because I had no, I, no idea what else to do, right? So this friend of mine that told me to start doing, get into real estate, I'm like, well, okay. He gave me the name of his broker. And next thing you know, I'm doing, I'm buying houses at retail because I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm paying full retail for houses and sticking renters in there, right? Dumb. I know. But that's what I did. That's how I started, right? Everyone's got to start somewhere. But she proved to be a good mentor in that, you know, what to look for, what not to look for, you know, that kind of thing. I bought a bunch of houses that way, you know, a bunch of small single family, like, you know, fourplexes, duplexes, stuff like that. And then when, when I left, this is in Virginia, when I left Virginia, then eventually making my way back after getting fired from yet another job, I was selling off all my properties. I was going to do something in real estate, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And I remember sitting in my car, I was talking to a buddy of mine who happened to be a real estate attorney, raised a new friend at that point. I look outside my car window and I see this, uh, maybe, I don't know, a 30, 40 unit, you know, small property, a you know, tower, little tower, right? I said, hey, who owns that? He's like, well, what do you mean? I go, this is, I don't know, it looks like an apartment building, you know, a bunch of floors. <laughs> I have no idea about units, right? Well, who owns that? And he says, well, people own that. I go, how do they buy it? He goes, syndication. Well, what's that? So he explained to me the whole syndication thing about raising money, building a business plan, talking to people. And I'm like, well, I could do that. You know, so at that point, I started training on how to do that. And I, I started getting my hands on every single thing I could. But what I did, which is important for all your listeners too, is I studied two guys. I studied Robert Kiyosaki. I studied Sam Zell. So Sam Zell offers a very high level, a high level view on how to structure a business, how a guy came from nothing and become a billionaire in real estate, right? You can, he doesn't have any, any training or anything else like that. He's done a lot of talks, a lot of speeches, and I studied him. I mean, I studied the man. I didn't just passively listen to him while washing dishes. I studied the man, right? And Robert Kiyosaki, again, I didn't sign up for any programs and any of that stuff. I studied them, everything I can get online, I studied it. One after the other, 
after the other. My girlfriend at the time was she would she would watch me get up, put the headphones on, and I'm training up until I go to bed for for weeks on end. I studied uh, I studied uh, what's the guy's name here uh, uh, Carlton Sheets. Another one, people, some people don't even know who that is, right? He was one of the first guys with the whole programs flipping and all this stuff, right? Carlton Sheets, all these old timers that had all these programs out. If I can get my hands on it, I'm studying. I'm studying every single thing I could possibly get my hands on so I can know every angle of getting into a deal, right? But I mean, it took, it took a lot of training, man. I mean, I didn't take any breaks. I trained one after the other after the other, right? But I focused on those two, those two guys first. Right. Once I was done consuming their information, another two guys studied everything I could. These days, I am I, I'm reading a book a week. Right. So just before the new year, I sat I sat down. I created a list of books, and I downloaded all the books. They're all on my phone, and I'm finishing a book a week. Right. So I don't have to worry about downloading. It's already been defined back in December. These are the books I'm going to read. I have a little a little chart, and I check it off. Done. Done done, done, right? And I'm listening to a book a week. And, and all these books focus on sales. They focus on a little bit on real estate, right? I'm not saying I know everything about real estate, but I, I really focused on sales, marketing, social media, the, the, those types of things that really help build the business and the brand. And that's what I've been focused on, right? That's, that's what it is. I mean, that's how I've been doing it now, nowadays, right? It's, um, but it takes a great deal of commitment, as you can imagine. Uh, but I've conditioned myself now that's the, that's the big thing. Listening to books is, for me, that's what I do now. Consume information all day long. I don't have time to sit there on my ass and watch Game of Thrones for, you know, marathons. And people will often put stuff up on social media. Hey, what's a good show to watch on Netflix? Dude, listen. Right now is the time to get your money right. This is the time. Right now. This is it. Right now. All right? There's no time to watch Game of Thrones or anything else. There is no time. You get one life, you get one shot. You're going to waste it watching TV or you're going to make a difference in your life. Choice is yours, you know? You gave me goosebumps, man. That was awesome. That was <laughs> awesome. You know, you're right. You know, it's, um, it, it was a really, like when times like this and people get scared, you know, everybody has that day or that moment, but I usually, I feel that for a minute and then I go, nope, like it's go time. And that's, that's really been a crazy thing that, exactly like you said i'm seeing all these people oh, i don't know what to do i'm so bored all day i'm like you're the person who's been saying for 10 years oh, i just wish i had some time to go learn about this or do it. everybody had all these now's the time and what you're going to do is sit on the couch and watch tv and you know there's a time and a place for it but you know i'm doubling down i'm booking guests i'm filming youtube content i'm soaking up stuff every day and yeah. the, the audible stuff i think is crazy too because um you know they're just being able to play that while you're just constantly doing other things, you know, I'm sending out emails, I'm looking things up. But part of what was driving me nuts was that the, some of the guys who read those books, if it's a professional narrator, they're so boring. And I'm like, I, my attention span just not getting it. So I'm talking to Lee Kearney, he listens to them at double speed. Yeah. And I started yeah. doing that and I was like, I can pay attention. Like just that little tweak of like, oh, if he's talking too slow, I can speed him up. Now is at my pace and I can burn through twice as many books. And I just, technology is amazing, man. It really but, is. But dude, you know what though? Here's the thing. There's some books that I really, really wanted to listen to. And I started listening to it and it's terrible because the narrator sucks. It's not because the content sucks. It's because the narrator sucks. You know what? Skip the book. Go do <laughs> another book. It's okay. No one's going to get upset. 
just don't worry about it. If it sucks, kill the book, do the next one. No big deal. You know, I think it helps though when you define up front what the books are. Like this is this is the the goal. I'm gonna listen to all these 52 books this year. And if the book sucks, replace the book. I mean, that's what I'm doing. That's how I do it. You know, so like there's a uh, a book by um, uh, that was uh, oh my god, I forget the name of it now. But I started listening to it, and because it sucks so bad, and the guy is speaking in some funky voice, and I don't know what the hell he was doing. He was and he was like uh, pretending to be the characters in the book, and I'm like, what is this romper room? <laughs> I'm not reading. I'm not listening to this crap. You know, so I killed the book. You know, I'll try to find a different version of it where the guy's actually talking normally, right? Yeah. But yes, double speed, that's one way to do it. You know, crank up the speed and don't do it while you're driving because especially if it's a boring guy, yeah, skip the book and go you know, listen to it when you're walking or something. <laughs> don't listen to it when you're driving. Don't do that. I don't recommend that. <laughs> fair, fair. Cool. So um, talking about the IT stuff, I, um, I saw a couple of things that I wanted to ask you about, one of them being coming from the IT world, there's so much, uh, there's so many software programs and tools and charts and calculators and all kinds of things right now, Zoom and all these things. Um, what are some of your favorite tools being that you do have a background in IT to use right now that you think have really helped your business, whether it's directly related to the real estate or directed to, I mean, you can literally, because of things like Zoom, do a private money raise, even when you're in quarantine with people all over. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure if I, I, I know you're doing stuff internationally, is that part of what you're doing with raising funds too? Is tagging um or, or reaching out to people in different countries? And is this something that you're doing in this time right now? Yeah, we're doing. Yeah, we we rely heavily already. Anyway, we rely heavily on on technology like this or freeconferencecall.com. Doesn't even cost anything to do that. Uh, we actually have a bunch of webinars coming out as well. So aside from the podcast that we do for outreach, we also do the the, the webinar thing. But you know. I mean, when it comes to underwriting deals, that's probably the, one of the biggest things. And there's three, there's three tools that we really rely on. Number one is bestplaces.net and city-data.com, right? So those are one and two. Those two, those two tools we rely on to go and really underwrite a deal, understand the area, that kind of thing. Of course, that data is not 100%, you know, 100% uh, true all, all the time. Uh, a lot of it's based off of old data. Uh, but it gives you an inkling as to what may be there, you know. Uh, so we have a course as well that we, we talk a lot about underwriting. So if you're if you're looking at a deal and the data suggests that it's not a good area, you can then go to Google, for instance, you know, look up the zip code, see if there's any news reports, any shootings, <laughs> you know, good or bad. It could be good stuff happening in that area too, right? Um, so uh, that that helps reinforce the data you're seeing on bestplaces.net, but you'll hear, you'll, you'll be able to see everything about that area. What's the income like, what's the unemployment like, what the job prospects are like, that kind of thing. Those two, those two websites are great. And the third thing is having a great underwriter, uh, underwriting calculator, right? Uh, you're gonna hear from many, many people actually that you have to analyze a hundred deals to find that one. And I find that for many people, they get hung up on, well, that's super. How do I analyze a deal? How the, how the hell do I do that? And they don't know, right? And, and, and that's, that's a valid reason. You know, it's like if they don't know how to analyze a deal, to know if they even have a good deal, they're going to stop and they're going to like, well, I can't do it. So I'm going to go off and do something else, right? Uh, that's all it takes for some people. I'm not saying that they're being lazy, but if the, if the if it's not there in front of them, they won't know what to do, right? So we actually have a underwriting program, right? It's like it's it's a training thing. 
It's, it's very inexpensive. We give you all the tools. I, I personally show you on video how to do it. You know, we have a whole video program. We show you, here's what you need to do. You go to this website, you click on this button, you do this, you know, it's, and we walk you through the whole scenario, right? And uh, that's one way to do it, you know, but uh, that's, those are the three things that, that I would totally recommend that people take a look at too. So they, they can see all that stuff on bulletproofcashflow.com. If it's not there for whatever reason, just send a message to info and we'll get back to you on that one. So, uh, but you know what they can also do, by the way, um, I forgot to say, if they want to text the word freedom to 202-410-4202, I got a couple of free eBooks on how to talk to brokers and how to raise capital. Those two things are, are really, really big as well to get out of the way. So I think your listeners might get a kick out of that too. So that'll oh. be good for them. Yeah, and uh, again, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes and I'll tag it all when we release this episode too. Um, so talk a little bit more about how you got into the coaching and how do people find your coaching program? Or, you know, go with the ins and outs of what does it come with? What can they expect? How do they get involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so right now what we do is we do a lot of one-on-one coaching at this point uh, where we actually walk through, we sit down with someone and talk to them one-on-one, right? And we try to address their specific needs and their specific problems that they have right? Which is unique. That's, that in itself is very, very different than most other coaching programs where, you know, you're in a, you're in a big room and uh, it's over a weekend, which again, nothing, I'm not knocking it. It's just different than the way we do it is we do it over a six week period. We meet up face to face or on zoom, depending on, you know, if it's just a global pandemic or not. And, uh, and then we introduce you like that's, that's probably the biggest thing is that we introduce that person to people in their area that can help them get deals done, right? So we're coaching them on what to wear, how, what to say, how to dress, fixing their social media, fixing their social media stuff. I mean, take down all the pictures of you sitting, you know, standing next to some dude with a, with a beer chugging or whatever, right? <laughs> clean up, clean up. Believe me, people do that. Uh, you know, get rid of the purple hair, you know, turn you into a multifamily investor, right? That's what we're looking to do. And then connect you with all the resources that can help you uh, become a successful real estate investor yourself. So, so we have that. We have a video program as well. Then we also have the multifamily accelerator, which, which is going to be coming out here soon. That, that explains from beginning, from zero to end on how to put a whole deal together. So and that's going to include all the downloads, any, any PS, um, purchase and sale agreement, you know, a letter of intents, all that fun stuff. You know, so it includes everything. So yeah, we have, a, we have several tools like that out there right now. And really, I mean, I got into it just to help people out, get into this business. You know, there's, I, I truly believe that there is nothing else out there that people can use to build their own financial wealth. There's nothing. Bank of America will not give you money to go buy their stock. Yet, they will give you 80% of, of the money to buy a $2 million asset. What does that tell you? They don't even believe in their own company, but they believe in that deal because it throws off cash. I mean, come on. You have to do this. You got to do it. No choice. Got to do it. I love it, man. It's beautiful. And have you found, because some of the people that I know are the best at what they do, you know, my, my brother's a drum teacher. So when he's teaching drums, he's constantly teaching the fundamentals and reinforcing the key ideas. And I feel like it has made him a way better drum teacher. My buddies that teach jujitsu and you know, for me, coaching students on real estate, even if it's somebody who is a beginner, whatever the level is, having to constantly look at deals and help people troubleshoot their stuff and, and constantly reinforce that stuff. 
I really feel like teaching is one of the best ways to keep you fresh and remind you, um, you know, it just keeps you sharp. Have you felt that being a coach and being a, a teacher and a mentor has made you a better investor? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I've been able to help other people get into this thing. And sometimes I will say that someone, someone that's new will bring something up and they'll be like, hey, how do you handle a situation like this? And I'm like, wow, I never saw a situation like that before, but here's how you handle it. You know, and, you know, it's kind of funny that, that it's, it's, it's like anything else. The commercial space is very different than residential. Residential is pretty cookie cutter. You know, there's only certain ways to do something. And it's, it's all regulated by the government. But in commercial, I'm not going to say it's wild, wild west, but because it's, it's, a, it's business, right? And the government tries to stay out of business as far as they can anyway. Not lately, but they try. <laughs> uh, they, you can set it up any, almost any which way you want. You can set up, you can split the, the business any which way you want. You can, you know, whatever the case may be. But the, it, because it's, it's so different and so, so more open than the residential side, you have a great deal more different scenarios that you're not always going to run into. And I think that that's what's happening right now is, you know, I have one student that's getting into a deal right now and uh, he, he's, you know, he's all my students so far have gotten into deals, which is super. You know, I love that, but he's, he's working on one right now. It's a $2 million deal, right? Little deal. And he's encountered some really funky type of scenario. And I'm like, huh, never saw that before, but okay, let's roll with it. Let's figure it out. You know? So uh, fortunately it's it has to do a great deal with sales and marketing stuff and convincing people. That's, that's really what it comes down to. You know, it's it, it, very rarely is it some type of crazy scenario. You know, it's kind of like uh, it, it's, it's a different tactic you have to apply, but the good thing, is that, yeah, I'm not always, I don't have all the answers like to, to every single scenario because I've not seen every single scenario. And I, I would I venture to guess that even the most experienced people have not seen every single scenario because it changes every day. You know, that's especially, especially when, when, when you're talking days like days like today, right. With all this, this uh, Corona stuff going around right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just a, another hoop, hoop to jump through and people that are like, well, this will be the end of your business. It's like every six months, there's another thing, you know, there's too many investors. Everybody's out there. There's no deals. Now there's less investors. This is exactly what people wanted. You know, so it's like. <laughs> yeah, right, it's, they're sitting around. They're sitting yeah. around. They're waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to keep moving and shaking, man. So I think that's great info. I really appreciate you giving me your time today. Um, how do people find you? Uh, social media. I know you have uh, websites and stuff. You have yeah. your, your podcast. But um, give some contact so people can talk to you about your coaching program, about your deals. Sure. Um, all the different ways to touch base with you. Sure. Bulletproofcashflow.com. Come, come up to the website, visit us there. Uh, we also have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. If go ahead, join, apply to join the group. I'll let you in. Uh, but uh, of course we're also on Instagram and on LinkedIn too. So I'm always looking for new friends. Feel free to friend me, you know, cool. Just do that. You know, I always love to have new friends and new followers uh, where I was looking to put out a whole bunch of new content. As I mentioned, we have, we have a bunch of new stuff coming out here soon too. So uh, go ahead, uh, like the page. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. And don't forget, for, text the word freedom. And I got to look at my notes here 202 410 4202. I'll send you some free ebooks. Definitely check that out too. So it's all good stuff. Outstanding, man. I really appreciate it. Any, uh, any closing thoughts or words of encouragement in these crazy times for anybody listening? Take as much action as you possibly can. You get one day. Today is that day. Take that day now. Get off your ass. Stop watching TV. Make it happen.
that's it. That's all I got. Beautiful. That says it all, man. Yeah, hey, I really appreciate it. It was really awesome connecting with you. I'm going to jump on and uh, touch base on all your sites, like your page, follow your stuff, subscribe to your podcast. Awesome. Uh, anything I can do for you, man, please let me know. I'm always happy to help. And again, I, I can't thank you enough for giving me an hour of your day today. It was awesome. I really enjoyed talking to you. I really enjoyed meeting you. Thanks very much, man. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it.